Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Look, we had a week off just because there wasn't much going on, but don't worry, there is a heap going on this week. In this week's episode, we have a good chat about Zwift Academy, what happened to Sonny Kroll-Brelli, your weekly YouTube update. Some guy released a video about some stupid overpriced bike. Cam Jeffers is no longer. And why won't mammals run tubeless wheels? All right, guys, let's get into it. So an event that's close to both our hearts, Jesse, supposedly, the Zwift Academy. It's kicking off, the finals are, anyway, in a couple of weeks. Let's have a chat about this. Yep. Kick us off. Give me some names here. Well, there's two two in the in the Nero sphere that have made it through. By the way, this is going to be a totally biased Zwift Academy <laughs> discussion because I don't care about the other guys. Um, but yeah, got announced. So from last year, uh, if you guys followed it, Cooper Sayers has is, is got himself back in, which is Great. Uh, Nero Continental rider from this year. And then the other guy in the Nero sphere is Lucas, other guy from Australia down in Adelaide. He's coached by Dan, who's uh, the other coach at Nero Coaching. So really cool to get him through into finals. So two Aussies again, overperforming, I would say, relative to our population. I didn't. I did a brief look at some of the other guys. The ages are quite interesting. So, youngest guy from the UK, I think his name was Will. He's nineteen. Then Cooper is the next youngest at twenty-three, and then it's twenty-five, uh, twenty-six, and twenty-seven. I think for the three others. So quite an old, like average age compared to previous years. Quite old, like a tw- you know twenty-seven years old is mm. um, pretty interesting. And then and looking them up. Um, it is not much on them on pro cycling stats, meaning that most of them, I don't think any of them have been on a Conti team before besides Cooper. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with, with this Swift Academy thing, as you know. Like, obviously, it's provided a fantastic sort of pathway for, for well, for Jay initially, obviously. Is it, is it a, an actual search for the best cyclist or is it a reality TV show? Because I think last year certainly was the first time that... Uh, look, that from a content creator perspective, that was potentially the best content created on YouTube like for cycling last year. Like, how awesome was that? It was, it was Survivor. It was everything that like you love from reality TV shows. And they're those young guys out there trying to trying to get a pro contract. So if you didn't know them and you were just like this casual observer, literally the best content going out there. Obviously, we have other hats on at the time, certainly cheering for and opinionated about who we thought was the best. And 
you know, obviously they went with the, the development style writer as opposed to, I think everyone can potentially agree who the, the couple of best guys were mm. for, the, for that particular I mean, we saw how that played out this year. No, like, hate to Alex Bogner, but, like, he hasn't done anything this year. And he's still young. I think he's got... He's, he, I think his deal was for two years, so he's got a, he's got another year in the pro ranks. But yeah, like he hasn't he hasn't done. Like, there's no results really for him this year, which is and ultimately was was it, it was it the best thing to happen for him? Do you know? Like he would have uh, raced with probably ARA again. He would have got some good races, Langkawi potentially that kind That's of stuff. Interesting, isn't it? You know, it, yeah. and this this I I would. Hope to think that I did because I did a Zwift reaction video last year, and I think that's what I said in that video was like I'm worried this is not actually the best outcome for for Alex at the time. Yeah. You know, there's as we've learnt through our experience with Jay, that first year of becoming as the Zwift Academy guy is not like it's not it. You you have to get a result like mm. that's that's it like so. It's hard for someone who's coming at it from a development perspective to try and work their way into it because it's not quite set up for that. And I'd argue now, like with with De Kernick, or Alperson, whatever we're calling him, um, going world tour, you'd have to suspect like is going to be even more limited an opportunity. Would be, but they are they are still running the. Con- I'm guessing they're going to still run their Conti team, which is what his contract was for this year. So there's that. But you got a point. Like if you're already on he was already on ARA who have a already have a good development process and get good race starts anyway. So um yeah, I mean maybe that wasn't Yeah, we can you know, look back in hindsight. America, what's going on? What's going on? This is another year running, another year running where no male has been selected in the Zwift Academy finals. And Percent. This was 12 months ago. I haven't seen recent data. 45%-ish of Zwift's subscriber base is US. Now, as like that could be Legion are Zwift-sponsored. I kind of would have thought you'd even see one or two of them maybe like on there. I don't, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really fo- – it's so hard to follow because people are just doing the Zwift Academy. You can't follow – I mean, you can follow the guys that get selected for finals, but you don't know who was trying to get into finals. So I don't know if the the younger riders developing in the US don't really care about it or still don't really see it as a pathway. But it is interesting that none of them, that none of the finalists are from the US. Yeah, you would have thought that there would be the talent there. A hundred percent, there would be the talent to do it. I don't know why. Yeah, it's well, it's potentially like the desire thing because it's like weren't we saying in the first episode like that what's the story there's just not as many americans going world tour as some of the smaller english-speaking nations like like ourselves and i we were kind of theorizing that potentially it's just because the u.s domestic scene is kind of a nice happy safe place to be so Mm. why why go and race world tour Mm, possibly yeah yeah they could yeah essentially just distract distractions or good distractions as well other, other things to get into so maybe they're not as desperate as us (laughs) us <laughs> Aussie's stuck down here looking for any way to get out I, I like um this is maybe a chat we can have for another day but like i kind of wonder whether we're like oh you to make it you've got to go world tour like maybe that's actually like the wrong way like the gravel scenes like just taken off i know we've discussed this before but like maybe that's what people want to do like that keegan the guy um what's his name 
Keegan Swenson. Keegan's, Keegan Swenson. Like, he's making a nice career for himself, mm-hmm. like, doing doing his thing over there. So why desperately race in Belgium, you know, on a Wednesday pissing down cobbles when you can, like, stay stay in your hometown? Just with, with Cooper, right. So they've selected him back for another year to go to finals. Admittedly, he didn't have a great year on the road this year, the second half of the year with St. Piran. He doesn't have any results. So I actually know he got a. I think he got a fifth at a pro Camise, which is diffi- doesn't look that great. But if you know the scene, it's very difficult to get that result. His target was Tour of Britain. He didn't get any results there. Uh, them selecting him back for for the second year in a row, which is the first time that someone has gotten a second shot at Zwift Academy. You got to have. You got to think that they back him. Or it would be pretty cruel to invite him back for a second year if you didn't have an idea that he was going to get through. Like, he's got to be with a shot, surely. What you just said then, and this is this thing about it being a reality TV show. Cause he, hold on, because he was close last year. Mm. Like, he was the top. It was him, Bogner, and then sort of maybe Sam. They were tossing his name up. That's kind of why I'm, yeah. But if you're the producer of this show, you're like, we need storylines. Great storyline. We'll get this guy back. Got really close last year. We've already got a narrative around him. And like, so the thing that Cooper was pissed off about, and rightfully so, was the way they chopped up his appearance on camera to make him look like the full arrogant guy, right? So he's, you know, he's he's not a cocky bloke by any stretch of the imagination. He's a straight shooter. So when they ask him, like, how did that workout go? And he won it. He's like, oh, yeah, it went really well. I was really happy with it. So... And the way that was cut up in the show was to make it look like, oh, this Cooper guy's the favourite, like, you know, he's, he's dominating it all. And so that was the narrative of the show. So, you know, he's, one of the things that he's going to look at this year is maybe just being a bit more reserved in the way that he talks. So it's less uh, okay. like, it's less like, you know, even the way they chop up the stuff, like if you do a look, sideways look, like, you know, a <laughs> nod or something like that, they can cut to that and have it look, make it look like, oh, what a little prick this guy is thinking that he's won kind of stuff. So from the producer aspect, they've done, this is what you do. You bring the guy back, you make it, there's your story, and then you see it play out. And you You've know. got a lot of faith in the producers. I, I'd be surprised, like, I would be surprised if the production team were that advanced that they're sc- almost scripting it. Like, like, I would like to think the coaches have just made that decision. And I just... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no. I, I, it would actually be impressive for me if they had the foresight to do this with the intention of making a good show out of it. That's like actual television style. Production. That's what I'd do. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe that's just maybe it's <laughs> me, but like that's what I'd do. I'd totally have have, and they're paying for it. Like mm. Zwift, GCN are paying for this. Like Alperson have no have no outlay here. They're just winners. Like even Zwift pay for the contract next year. So it's like Alperson like we don't care. That's like the whole thing with Jay. It was like, oh, so he can ride his bike actually as well. All right, cool. Mm. So yeah. Mm. Anyway, we'll have to see, won't we? All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else on Zwift? About it. That's yeah. it. Let's let's. That's enough Zwift for twelve minutes. Okay. All yeah. right. I'm All done. Right. Sure. I'm done. Did you see Sonny Colbrelli's being forced to retire? Damn. 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 Terrible. Yeah. One of the one of the best. Italian national champions of recent memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. And just as he was getting like that uh, that tour and he was 
he was so exciting to watch and then he won Paris Bay. It was like, oh, yeah, sucks. So he, uh, for those that didn't follow, he's um, he had a heart attack um, after one of the stages, I think it was, or one of the races, and then sort of went quiet and eventually had to get a pacemaker put in um, under his skin because he had a, an irregular heartbeat and there are some athletes that can still compete with that. So there is a soccer player that has a, a similar thing, but because it's soccer so controlled, you're on the field, there's, you know, they're there with a, a defib straight away. If anything happens, it's sort of safer, but cycling obviously is a, is a different ball game. Um, he's not allowed to race in Italy with that. So they basically, yeah, he had, he's, he's had to retire, um, which is, yeah, which is a shame. But the thing that got me about this was there was no explanation mm. around what or discussion around what's caused this. It's just sort of, oh, he's retired and that's sad. And okay, see you, Sonny. It's like, yeah, I, 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 to me, it's some of these things can just be chance and genetic. The thing though is we athlete, elite athletes, professional athletes have very good cardiac screenings all mm-hmm. through their development. So the chance that this randomly came on um, at his age, I think is quite unlikely. There be, would have had to be something that's caused it, um, which there's been no discussion of. So to throw some things out there, we saw riders get, getting, getting, firstly getting COVID and then racing either with it or <laughs> getting it in the middle of a grand tour and then having to pull out. So... And then coming back very quickly after having it, it didn't seem like there was much oversight in terms of like return to play for the for athletes that got COVID. So could that have had impact on your cardiac health? Yes. Um, was it potentially a side effect of the vaccine? We know there's cardiac impacts, rare cardiac impacts from the from the vaccine. Could it have been that? Maybe I don't know. Um, Bahrain victorious got caught with. Um, a not banned, but a a questionable use uh, muscle relaxant in their hotel. Remember back in the mm-hmm. back in the tour, yep. they got raided. Yep. yep. Um, one of the uh, tizanidine, I think it's called. Uh, one of the side effects of that is irregular heartbeat. Could that, if if he if he was taking that, could that have had an impact? Maybe. I, I would just like there to have mm. been some investigation. I think yeah. it's it just seems quite. N- almost negligent of the team and of the well, governing body to just say, oh, so, yeah, that sucks. See ya. Because this all happened around the same time as... as uh, I, th- I have... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was a Paris-Nice stage, but I'm potentially am wrong. Yeah. No, but I, yeah. It, it was certainly around that period of time where all those guys were getting sick. Remember how, like, there was just this wave of infection and everything going through the, going through the peloton, knocking people out day after day? So I kind of feel like it was around that period of time. But, like... I think what you bring up is just the pathetic, the pathetic like lack of um, strength of any players' union. Like because that's what a players' union is there to do. Like ultimately protect the athletes and back them up. And we just don't have that in the sport. There's a million reasons for that, but mostly it's just because cyclists are pretty much dime a dozen you clock one out you bring another one in and that's seemingly the way it's it's always operated so i know you you kind of said it's uh it's pretty poor on the on the team you're right um but 
there's just nothing behind that, you know? Mm. Well, the pl- I mean, the, the writers might even be against it in the moment, but it's like <laughs> there needs to be rules in place or to, yeah, even an investigation yeah. would have been nice to kind of figure out, oh, okay, why has this happened? And then like, maybe there has been in the background and they haven't made it public because it's his personal medical things and that's fine, but it's not, it's not really personal if this has been caused by something that could affect other writers. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would have been nice to have gotten some answers because to me that just raises a whole bunch of questions which have just seemingly been swept under the rug. Well, the the lack of sort of transparency of it from, from like, I just start thinking like dodgy stuff. <laughs> That's literally where my mind goes every single time because, mm. you know, you're like, oh, the guy retired. He was He'd just come off that incredible season where he was just like dominating the medium mountain stages at the tour, wins Paris-Roubaix, and then it's like no no health issues, heart attack, almost dies, has to retire. Mm. And you're just like, what? So, yeah, I I totally think that it's just another circumstance where like we're just left as like spectators of the sport just asking questions, (laughs) you know? Imagine, Imagine in another sport, like... One of the best NBA players has a heart attack on the court. Three or four months later, is forced to retire, and they just go, "Oh yeah," because he, you know, they, they we we weren't sure what was going on. Like that's not good. Well, enough. not even not even we weren't sure. It's just not even mentioned. It's kind of just like, "Oh, he had a good innings." See ya. It's this is just yeah. how is what is this? Yeah. What planet are we on? Yeah. Why can't anyone ask? Isn't that the journalist's job to go and <clears throat> pester all the? Like, it's not cycling tips, just do an article, not calling them out, but I think that's where I saw it. It's just like, oh, you know, he's forced to retire. It's, they didn't even mention, really, reasons. It's just like, is no one doing their job? Like, what yeah. the hell? I don't, uh, know. I, I don't know. I kind of wonder maybe, like, whether mainstream media are a bit like, well, we, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole anymore. Like, mm. because, I don't know, they're afraid of finding something or it's not what sponsors want anymore like people diving into the sort of drug cabinets of of teams i don't mm. know i don't know or they'll don't or they're not going to get if they don't even get a skerrick of information from the team or the governing body it's like well we can't even say anything because there's, the, there's no evidence to any accusations or any reasons we give so we're just not going to touch it mm. we'll throw accusations is, though yeah we'll, 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 we'll do we'll, 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 we don't need evidence <laughs> yeah. no. we don't need any evidence here <laughs> And throw it out there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, 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 we had to mention. I had to be mentioned because it's just too mind blowing for that just to get forgotten. And oh, yeah, yeah Sonny. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's yeah. It, that's what it'll be. Yeah, oh, I remember that guy. Probably shouldn't mention this along with the Zwift chat, but similar um, virtual riders getting pro contracts. Michael Vink, who most people will not recognise that name. We do because he's a he's a Kiwi he's from New Zealand. He's raced a bit in Australia. Very strong rider, but he's about 30. I think he's 30 years old, sort of an older guy. He's been around for ages. He's signed with UAE next year on a mm. one-year contract through my whoosh. Right. Do you know what my whoosh is? Um, <laughs> how can I deflect this question? <laughs> no, I thought it was uh, some sort of moisturizer thing because it's on the back of their shorts, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. on the UAE team. It's not kit. a moisturizer. It's a virtual training right. platform, a competitor to Zwift. Did I mention I don't really use the trainer much? Yes. Hmm. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting, but it came out. Um, 
It's a whoosh is a we I don't I literally know next to nothing mm. about the platform. I know two things. Firstly, is that Michael Vink was doing the racing on uh my whoosh, which firstly has very good prize money, like thousands of US dollars in prize money, okay. which is very interesting. I mean, Zwift racers don't have any prize money. So they're throwing cash around. Um, but according to the article, um, when he got signed, he was signed because he got recognized on my whoosh and, and then the team got in contact and that's how he managed to... They, they then sent him for testing according to the team and um, yeah, they were like, holy crap, this guy's a weapon, which he is. If We've, we've raced him, the guy... He's he's won Southland tour of Southland before, which is on at the moment. Um, and yeah, he's an absolute yeah crazy pedals at a cadence of about forty two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he's an absolute weapon. So he's he, he probably got the talent for it, but it's just a weird one. One year contract. Um, sounds like another almost like a you know a a, a real budget. Zwift Academy yeah. sort of thing they got running. So I'm just Googling my words. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm madly playing catch up here. Thank you, DC Rainmaker. I'm currently uh, reading your article about it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. 75K a month in prize money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Oh, and it looks like Zwift. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the actual you. Oh, my God. Even the, even the um, uh, font looks like Zwift. That is nuts. So Who back owns in it? this is a Saudi bunch or something. I think the funding must come through there. Well, it's what yeah. So if you back in 2020 they did this national tour thing. If you won the men's race, you got ten thousand US dollars. Yeah, wow. Ten thousand, uh, eight thousand for second. Like they, the the money they were putting out is crazy. Um, and because that was for UAE National Day, so there must be the funding must be coming from. Uh, we should have probably I've done really more research on this. Really this is so bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting to see what happens with that maybe next year. It seems like they, they kind of discovered Michael Vink um, through that. Will they maybe put something more structured in place um, for next for the end of next season maybe? Yeah, that would be cool for them to try and do something similar to what Zwift Academy is doing. Um, but yeah, I just want to give that one a shout out because um, yeah, it was, it was cool seeing a... Someone from this side of the world. It's um, yeah. I, I mean, there's 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 a number of these, isn't there? There's the there's the uh, Chinese based one that we did for a little bit for the tour of Taiwan. Yeah, what that was called as well, which is trying to move. But the thing is, they're all trying to move into the the race space, aren't they? Like mm-hmm. the, the gaming type mm. type angle. Yeah, clearly. Oh, here we go. Now here we go. It's International Holdings Group. Yeah, so it is. It's it's essentially the guys who own UAE. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's who's funding it. We're toying with an actual segment on the show, but I think before we actually nail down that, I think both of us kind of enjoy talking a little about what's going on on YouTube and the cycling space because it doesn't seem to be anywhere else doing that at the moment. So yeah. We've, we've missed a week, so it's been a couple of weeks of content gone up across the YouTube world and the cycling thing, and one thing keeps popping up in my feed, Jesse Coyle. Um, I am very, uh, I, see, I feel like I'm disconnected from actually what it is, but it is all this UK hill climb content, mm. right? It's been getting me too. Yeah. I can't log on to my homepage without seeing someone telling me that their bike weighs three kilos 
that their six-minute effort up some steep driveway in the back ass of Britain is very, very steep. And there's a lot of stuff around it. What are you are you are you loving it? Is it is it does it miss you? What do you think? Oh, it's ah well. So I don't. I haven't clicked on a single hill climb <laughs> video, but it's good. Like I, <laughs> it's a weird one. I'm like kudos because clearly there is like this massive bubble of hill climb stuff which is really interesting and there's light bikes so there's like a tech side of it and then there's a training side of it because they're all doing like eight watts per kilo like stupid power which is interesting of itself so there's this whole like little thing going on which i don't have i have next to no interest in (laughs) but i'm like well played because it's getting you know youtube wants me in there yeah but i'm holding off yeah it's it's funny because like the events themselves they look like clubbies. Do you know what I mean? Like they look like basically one of our club races, mm-hmm. but are they all everyone sort of piles in around the top of this sort of little berg and cheers them on with bells and dancing pigs and all the rest of it. Yeah, like okay, so it seems to come in a different few different fashions. Excuse me, cut that bit out. You've got like the bastardized bike video, whereas like they've got like you know one chain ring they've they've cut off their handlebars like they've got no saddle like it's just like how stupid one break one break the derail is like half a piece of aluminium yeah so they're the ones i kind of like because it's just yeah it's just who's willing to take more of a risk um but then yeah i i kind of feel like the event itself and we kind of struggle a bit with this here trying to like make the events we do relevant to everyone in the world like the actual videos about the events themselves i really couldn't give a shit about because it doesn't really mean anything to me again good luck to you really enjoying the fact that it's going out there and it's something different but yeah i've got to uh it's what is it no october november i think we just every year this is this is what's gonna be popping up in our feed Mm -hmm. yeah Exactly. I'm okay with that. There's a couple of characters. So, for someone who hasn't watched the video on it, there is a there's a there's a couple of sort of characters coming through. Um, I don't know the guy's name. It's people will know if you've watched the videos. There's a masters guy there who's got like a world class VO2 max. There was an art. There was a videos on it, and then the, there was an article that even popped up on my feed about this guy, and I can't remember his name, but he's like kicking everyone's ass in the, some of the longer climbs um stupid stupid watts and he's obviously this sort of genetic freak who's managed to train and is now um kicking everyone's butt so that's doping control at these events do we know uh i don't know know. i don't know just asking for a friend um but yeah it's an interesting one you see uh yeah see the sort of the characters popping up it's yeah they've done a good job um what else we got it is i will say i would be more inclined to watch a hill UK hill climb video than a freaking bike packing trip video. That's a whole side I can't get around. Mm. What's your do you like that? So I go through phases, Jesse. I do go through phases. I, I it's almost like this thing where I see the thumbnail of the bike packing video and I go, Wow, this is gonna be really cool and really interesting. But here's the thing, like Actually shooting a bikepacking video by yourself is, like, shit hard. It's really hard. I was following this one guy, a uh, quick shout to a guy called, I think it's Josh Evans. Is that right? 
Yeah. Josh Reed. Josh Reed. Josh Reed. And I watched a little bit of some of his stuff, and he did a video about like how he shoots um, his solo adventures, where he like carries all his stuff. He talks about the different shots that he uses, and Zor had the funny kind of shots of like him riding past the camera, and then of course you got to turn around, come back, pick the camera up, keep riding up. And I kind of got a bit of a giggle out of that, but basically from probably an inside baseball perspective, uh, I got so much of that stuff that I've done myself. But like it's that thing of if you're going to shoot like a bikepacking thing, you almost need like the vegan cyclist impossible route, like four-man film crew. Like that's that's actually how to make that video kind of cool and kind of interesting because – it looks sick. You got like the drone following you, and you're like a big cutaways and the rest. Of, but doing that by yourself, it just like kind of wears thin on the viewer pretty quickly because it's just so hard. Like it's so hard to do. Mm. I think you need. I think it's gonna need some cinematic stuff because to me, it's just like the thumbnail. It's like that stacked bike with fifty bags on it, and it's really dirty, and it's just. It does nothing. It does absolutely nothing for me. Mm. Um, yeah, and the other the other thing that gets me with this with the bike packing thing. This is totally not related to YouTube, but is there's always this sense of like this is almost holier than thou. I'm on this like adventure, doing this thing for some kid with cancer, and it's there's always. It's not, there's not always a story, but it feels like a lot of the time there's some story which they're kind of like trying to get you emotionally in I'm doing it for this reason. I'm just, I don't buy it. I We're, don't buy it. You, you, you've gotten a few, you've taken long service leave <laughs> and you're having a midlife crisis and it is what it is. Ultimately, you wanted to go ride your bike for six weeks around the yeah. country. Yeah. yeah. And you wanted to do content on it yeah. and don't make me donate to your GoFundMe. <laughs> okay? Not again. We're not going to rant on GoFundMe pages again. Yeah, no, no, I, I yeah, I, I kind of agree. That said, I think both of us wouldn't really want to do one. So that's probably why. Oh, I mean, God, I'd do it fully no. supported, you know, but yeah. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't do it. It's, it looks way too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's potentially not for us. And the other thing I kind of did see that uh, Cam Jeffers has, well, so he's not stopping YouTube. He's not he's not trying to become a pro anymore from mm. what I gather, which I wanted to kind of mention because I think when I sort of started the channel doing vlogs and things like that, he was probably the biggest like YouTuber at the time. Yep. Like daily videos pretty much just about him training as a kid. And it was kind of funny because, like, there were lots of guys in the team when we started the team who were kind of his age and stuff. And so I was kind of watching it a bit of like, oh, this is kind of how these dudes think, basically. Mm. And, yeah, it's just kind of funny to think that, you know, he's not doing that anymore because his team's folding, our team's folding as well, kind of at the same time. You know, it's that cycle of, like, six or seven years. And, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to interesting to see what he's got planned Probably doesn't have anything planned, a little bit like what we're doing here. We're just throwing lots of stuff at the wall and seeing what happens. But, um, yeah, quick shout to Cam. Uh, good mm. stuff, mate. Well done. You, um, yeah, you inspired a lot of people to ride, so that's cool. I think it's nice as well, like, um, that he can finally just... He, to, <laughs> he didn't really get many results over the last couple of years. So I don't know if he was trying to go pro or he kind of just enjoyed the 
the the elite training like an elite athlete kind of thing but yeah it's kind of it seemed like i guess it, it must be nice for him mentally to be like okay it, it didn't work and i'm gonna go back to just focusing on youtube yeah. or whatever he's doing i guess it was pretty hard to balance i, I don't doing. i mean i'll be honest i hadn't watched any of his uh, he, he went for i think really the kind of um uh like challenge youtube stuff didn't he like mm. racing a train and things like that <laughs> um but uh yeah the uber i think he did like uber eats oh that I, was I, good. I did uber I did. eats that was <laughs> yeah. yeah that was good that was good i rated that um so yeah no, shout, shout Cam. We enjoyed your content. Don't worry about not becoming a pro. It's not, uh, it's not everything it's cracked up to be. Have you watched any cyclocross this season since it's been kicking off? Yes, my my cyclocross career uh, four years ago. That was that was me watching. I was trying to get you to watch it four years ago. Really? Yeah. Huh. No. You're, you you're, you're into it now, are you? Oh, I think it's great to watch. The oh. It's on GCN Race Pass. If, if if any of you listening to this haven't watched it, go and watch it. Like it's such good racing. Um, so I'm I'm glad it's starting. Pidcock is, I think he's got his first race coming up mid November. So it'd be cool to see him. And then because um, it's still early in this the cyclocross season, a lot of the big names haven't transitioned out of their road season yet. So it's gonna we'll start to see now. And so Pid Pidcock's coming in a couple of weeks. And I'm guessing Wout and Matthew and stuff will start to to come in, which is cool. Um, but get in early because the names are already there. The oh god, here we go. The Toon Ertz and the Ellie Issa bit, and you know those guys. They're already in there ripping in. So I think it's cool. Get in early. Get a get a taste of who's at the front of the field before the big names come in, and then you can see how they disrupt it. Um, but the, the what, a couple of things on it, the camera angles and the way it's shot is really cool. One I watched the other day. They had a camera built into the stairs so the risers would sort of come up to the stairs shoulder the bike and then run up and then they would be stepping over the camera um they got like drone they must have cameras on like zip lines and they're kind of like zipping across it's really cool to watch so big fan the commentary on gcn i don't know if they've brought in the big names in the commentary box yet so it's a bit lackluster on the commentary side but yeah has he inspired you to Think about doing some cycle cross racing. No. <laughs> no. This is very, very niche and really like classic me. Um, I have a left, right leg length difference. You're like, where mm-hmm. the hell are you going with this? When I use mountain bike, I use a spacer under my cleat on the road bike, mm-hmm. a one centimeter spacer under my right foot. I can't do that with mountain bike cleats because the contact patch, you know, the cleat is so small. By the time you put a spacer in, the cleat just moves around. You can't tighten it enough. So that's why I can't run mountain bike pedals because my cleats, because I can't run the spacer and therefore I can't wow. do anything that involves mountain bike shoes. And that's why I run road shoes on my gravel bike. And that's why I'm never going to be a professional cyclocross racer. <laughs> Literally. It's because I can't run a spacer. New levels of excuses. Yeah. New <laughs> levels. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was inspired. Sven Neist, does that name mean anything to you? It does. Yes. So that was, he's the OG. That's when I was, uh, getting into it. I was inspired to, uh, pin on a number and get muddy and get lapped by Gary Milburn many times. And, um, yeah, obviously I think I've said this on the channel, it didn't end well for me in any way, shape or form. Uh, but it's, um... Like, I find it interesting, though, like, that these guys like Wout and things are doing it because it kind of goes against, you know, the traditional, like, 
or off-season base period, no intensity. Like I find that kind of are they just freaks or is is this just the new normal now that like guys can just go and race at 210 BPM from the gun in like December, you know? Mm. No, I'd be it would be very heavily managed, closely managed by their coaches in terms of how they fit it in because it's super demanding and mm. yeah, it could very easily derail their season if they they do too much. So it would be very managed. They you know the races are on even um, maybe once twice a week so they'd be you know training wise they'd be doing almost exclusively just low intensity work outside of that so they can manage it um i think they're also skill wise so far ahead of the rest that um yeah they can kind of get through yeah okay it's i don't know i reckon by end of november you'll be done with it and be like no not watching that anyway let us know your thoughts guys cycle cross has it captured your imagination so speaking of YouTube, there was a great video I watched about a $40,000 bike oh, the other day. Good video, that one. That's a good video. Oh, the comments. Oh, yes. Oh, the comments oh, on yes. there were so good. Oh, yeah. I yeah. thought we triggered people with GCN. That yeah. triggered people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. We can talk about this? Yeah. We can talk about this. I find it really interesting. I do. Uh, and I, I don't know whether this is just a cycling thing or what? But it's the me- it's the mindset of. I'll see if I can read one of them out. I hope the owner, I hope the owner of this bike can ride, or else he or else they will look like a fool. Okay, w- why? Like I-, I don't understand that. Like if if I go and buy a really expensive watch, like why does what, do I have to know how to wear it? Otherwise, people will laugh at me. Like, I find that yes. weird. So, okay, ex- explain explain it to me. To me, it's like to go and upgrade all the bolts on the bike to titanium to save 100 grams when your FTP is 2.5 watts per kilo is, to me, that's... I, 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 to me, that is. Yeah, is it, imba- it, makes is it a, embarrassing? Yeah, I, I, to me, I, I would find that embarrassing to be that if I put myself in that person's shoes, I'd be embarrassed. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if you were, um, if you went and bought heaps of good, a, a nice Sony, and you were, had all this mad camera gear, and then you had like fifty subscribers on YouTube, and you you couldn't edit a video for crap, and you're sort of just strutting around with all this camera gear. With no idea how to use it, you'd you'd be if you saw that person, you'd be like, "Oh, who's this guy?" Like, but see, okay, yeah, no, see, I disagree. Okay, yeah. and and <laughs> that, yeah, if you were trying to be a professional photographer, then yeah, you would be like, if you just if you had all the best gear, you were a professional wedding photographer, and you were taking shit photos, and you couldn't get a gig, then potentially it's embarrassing, or you're just bad at your job, and you get a new job. This is not this person's job. This guy has made money in another industry. He probably, it is a male. Uh, he probably buys nice suits. He clearly owns a nice car. He likes nice things. He probably buy, has a nice coffee machine at home. Why can't he go and spend that money? Now, yeah, why can't he spend that money on the best or what he considers to be the best? Because 
I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that, the whole experience of him doing that, he would have got a massive kick out of the whole process of six months of like sourcing the frame, like working out the, 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 the paint job to like have it match this. I just reckon that's kind of, it's its own thing. It doesn't in any way relate to his ability to push a pedal. Yep. So that's true. But I can't help but still have a laugh at a giggle at that person because that's, to me, that's not what cycling is. And it's obviously a personal thing. But well, this is the theme that I think a lot you, of people. But mention. I'm still going to have a giggle. Okay. Either way. But that's the that's the theme that a lot of people picked up on, and they clearly agree with you that it's it's like um, like you said that's it kind of feeds. It's like a consumerism. Is that what you don't like about so it? So that's well, that's a set. That's almost a to me. This is yeah. That's almost a separate point which I was going to get to. This for for every person that's buying a. $40,000 bike and is that having an influence on the market overall? Mm-hmm. Because we're getting okay. to the point now where we do, we, we say if you're entry level getting into riding now, you got to spend like you, a three or $4,000 Australian bike is trash. Whereas yeah. back in the day, that was a good mid-level Altegra, you know, seven kilo sort of rig. So obviously, you know, inflation and things go up, but the, but, it's getting to the point now where if, if I was... So I'm still on the Devel. That's what I'm riding. If I was looking to buy a new bike that perfor- is up to my sort of performance standard, I'd probably have to spend 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And I don't have 10 grand to spend mm-hmm. on a bike. And is that... Is there a way that's impacted mm-hmm. by all these people just flossing with their cash in the bike shops and the brands just going, well, that's what people want? Is that... Yeah, that's... It's a long way to draw. I, yeah, but, I hadn't looked at it from that perspective. I'll, I'll be honest. Thank, thank you for, for drawing that to my attention. <laughs> I would push back on that, though, and say that the, the, uh, the premium top-end absolute F1 level is, is not affecting what you or I want in, in a mid-level top-end sort of performance bike. Um, I just don't think those factors are are strong enough at the $40,000 purchaser. I totally agree with you that the the $10,000, $12,000 bike now, which used to be the $40,000 bike, let's be honest. Mm. Like it would have been only 10 years ago that that $12,000 price tag, you would have gone, what the? Now, we're, now that's what we would have to pay to, to buy a bike. I, I Yeah. Do you not think it does though? Right. So Pinarello say okay this this barrister wants a, this expensive bike so we're going to have to do this frame shape and it's going to have to look this way and we're going to have to make it this level of complexity to justify the cost year on year continually to make it more perceived performance that but that does carry down to the lower models of the frame like there's no base level Pinarello that doesn't have that sort of trickle down trickle down makes the base level more expensive because it has to be kept in line so that the model the you know the, the, the frames is a continuity yeah. across the okay. range whereas they don't have point. the super basic maybe yeah I accept uh, I accept just one point I don't know enough about the market demands about like what is 
how many of those premium level bikes are being sold? How many $40,000 bikes are actually being built that are putting the pressure or not, well, but creating the demand for the um, the brands to actually manufacture that? I would always argue that the, the demand is for the, the mid-tier bike and it's us that are that, that are forcing that that. But the mid-tier bike now has the aspects of the... I'm repeating myself, but the mm. mid-tier bike has the aspects yeah. of the top-end bike, which is the disc brakes, which is the aero shape because people want aero, which makes that bike dog shit, but also kind of expensive. So you have to... Oh, look, I'll accept, I'll accept your point on that, but um, that there's potentially a, a pressure on the industry. I, I will, I'd be interested in your thoughts on that, guys, but I still push back on the laugh at the guy for doing it thing for me yeah. that's not that's not an inclusive like way to deal very with any toxic, it's, isn't i it? just think that's very, nasty like what nasty. are you gonna do there was one comment like oh, i love dropping guys like that i'm like seriously who gives a shit <laughs> like that's oh, i just hate that attitude like i was and and it's really hard <laughs> i hate that attitude but i can't help but still get like yeah, but okay. uh, maybe i just I just need to grow up, don't I, Chris? I, I don't know. I uh, kind of come at it a little bit as well from like, I'd like to make some more videos like that. Like it's sort of, I like sort of spotting things, but it's really, really hard. You can see why the owner of that bike is like, why the fuck would I want that to go on YouTube? Mm. Like, Because you'll just see like hate underneath it. Mm. So, so, I, I, so 100%, I think, um, I think my, the, yeah, the, the sort of the make it, or oh, that person looks like a fool thing isn't, Productive. What I will say, there were some good comments on there that um, went through and kind of discussed the upgrades that were made that were potentially not mm-hmm. making the bike better yep. and perhaps better value upgrades it could have done and things like that, which was kind of interesting, like the SRM thing and how they could run the, the THM crank and chain rings, which would be lighter and then run a separate power meter. Like that kind of stuff is yeah interesting to to go back and forth on and the tires Pirelli what was the oh, Pirellis so. why is he running Pirelli four seasons okay we need Come to talk on. about this Jesse we do need to talk about this so in chatting to Tom about the build as a generic comment he made guys and girls buying those premium of a of a certain age of a certain age of which I'm nearing that. <laughs> They don't believe in tubeless. <gasps> I know. Which, I'm sorry, you're all wrong. You are all wrong. Tubeless is legitimately the best thing to happen in cycling since I've been in it. Full stop. Like, it's a game changer. But he can't get them. He can't. Get, he can get them to put a friggin' wax chain on, spend millions of dollars on all that stuff, but put sealant in a tube, put sealant in a tyre, not doing it. Mm. It's just, oh, it's just, ugh. I re- it's, is it the is it the old wives' tales that are still lingering around from tubeless six to seven years ago? I think Giant and, and BMC have a huge amount to answer for for that first iteration of tubeless oh, that came out yeah. that was just like sealant splattered over people's living rooms day in day out. You've got a lot to answer for for that because mm. I think people are still scarred. They from forced it. it, didn't they? Didn't, they were sending bikes out ages ago with set up tubeless and yeah. then people just sort of bought them from the shop and like, what what's this? What's like they got a flat What's and then they had no idea what to do. Yep. <laughs> and then yep. it was like, oh. Yeah, I, li- we had we were down at Tour Down Under um I'm going to say 2017 and we were out riding with a guy and had a BMC, got a flat had this white stuff coming out 
and all of us are standing around the wheel going, the fuck is that? A caveman. But none of us had <laughs> any idea what was going on. And we, he had to like call an Uber from the Adelaide Hills. We were like, this guy's bike's leaking. What's going on? Um, yeah. So you've got a lot to answer for, Giant and BMC, because uh, it's moved on dramatically shame, since yeah. then. Yeah. All right, thanks so much for watching. We've got a few tubeless videos, which I'll link down below. Jesse, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. We will see you next week. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.